friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Toys and Ford. I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always. This episode of the Man Cave Podcast is a Dan Casper Show instant replay. Segments from my radio show, the Dan Casper Show, replayed right here on the Man Cave Podcast. Enjoy. Let's get things rolling here this morning on the opening drive to kick things off. So, yesterday, since it's a short week, we heard from some of the coordinators. Not going to go through everything. Not going to play some clips, but just a couple of things of note. Let's start off with Matt LaFleur. He did confirm in ESPN reports that uh, the Packers hired former Lions defensive passing game coordinator and former Wisconsin Badger, Aubrey Pleasant, uh, to the staff. He will be working as an offensive consultant to help him break down opposing defenses. If you remember, Aubrey Pleasant uh, was fired the week before Packers played the Lions. So, former Badger, former Detroit Lions. He also spent some time with the Rams as defensive backs coach. Matt LaFleur working with him there and uh, a little bit for in Washington, too. But, uh, so that was... Confirmed by Matt LaFleur yesterday. A couple of notes here. Doesn't know if Devondre Campbell's knee will be ready for Thursday nights. Day-to-day. We did get a practice report, or I should say an injury report out, based on if there was practice. Chris Barnes sounds like he's going to be ready to go. He would have been a, quote, full participant. A little bit more depth there at inside linebacker. Uh, but one of the big questions there, too, was punt returner. So first, Matt LaFleur, again, kind of dodging it. We're kind of working through that right now, and you guys will find out on Thursday night. Rich Basaccia saying that uh, the change was made to Nixon at punt returner because Amari Rogers, Amari Rogers fumbled again in a critical situation. Quote, you can't put it on the ground much more. I really like Amari Rogers. Jersey number eight has put us in a bad situation, or has put us in bad situations. Talking about he likes the player, likes the person, but the player has put them in some bad decisions. And I think this might have been a telling quote too from Rich Bisaccia on why Nixon was chosen, making the decision to put him back there. I felt like we'd get the ball caught. Yeah, that's probably you know a good thing to have for your. Back there, just. Whew. But yeah, apparently Joe Barry, Matt Lafleur, both spending the night at uh, Lambeau Field, been grinding. Joe Barry said, putting in the time for for the Titans, that sort of thing. Uh, with uh, no Rashawn Gary, Joe Barry saying that probably going to have to get a going to have to come up uh, with creative ways to generate. 
a pass rush or more of a pass rush. So, and that's kind of just a few things from, I guess, their, their pressers yesterday. But I want to want to hit up on a couple of players like I mentioned there in, in, in the beginning. Yash, Kenny Clark, and Randall Cobb. First, I want to get your thoughts on Randall Cobb, people, or excuse me, Kenny Clark, people. I want to start off with, with Kenny Clark. Because if we go rewind it to the offseason, to the beginning of the part of the beginning beginning part of the year, I think Kenny Clark was a guy that a lot of us were excited to see him and, and how Joe Barry would use him this year. Because on the surface, we thought, okay, you're bringing in Reed. You got Wyatt. You know, the, these guys, you add a little bit more depth to the defensive line. And thinking, okay, that's going to help Kenny Clark out, maybe become a little bit more versatile, maybe use him in a little bit more pass rushing stitch, whatever the case may be. And if you look at pro football focus, his grade, lowest part, part of his career. But you look at pass rush win rate, he's top 10. So is it, a, you know, the run defense? That's slacking a little bit, or is it generally generally related to maybe the talent around him? Now, you know, with with pro football focus grades, it, it, they're focusing on the individual player and how that individual player plays, not necessarily what everybody else is doing around him. But remember, Kenny Clark went came off on a hot start, right? First couple weeks of the season, dynamite, dominant, and I feel like it's kind of been quiet a little bit. Now, is that mostly because of his play, or is it because of the play around him? I think there's no question. You know, And Reed had a slow start to the game against Dallas the other night, then ended up making a couple of plays later on. But for the most part, I think Reed has been you know, a little bit of a disappointing signing so far. There was some excitement with him coming in here expectations, you know, maybe thinking, hey, go to find like another, like a Devondre Campbell type of player. And, you know, for, for, for Reed's part, he was a top five graded defender for the Packers and according to pro football focus, but again, a 66.8 was, was the fourth highest, not necessarily something you want to write home about because for comparison's sakes, the number one defender was Rudy Ford, 88.3. Reed, number four, it's a 22-point 20, difference. Yeah. I mean, you're talking not that much of a difference between the fifth highest-rated defensive player for the Packers, according to Pro Football Focus, who was Garvin at 66.6, and Darnell Savage, who had the fifth lowest defensive grade, and that was a 55.8, just what, 11, 10, just under 11 points difference. Not much difference. Kenny Clark, second lowest graded defender in this game, 47.1. Low defensive run grade in this game. So... You look at the numbers, you look at the rankings, you you can look at everything here, and it's like, all right, he's got a good pass rush win rate, but something's going on with that run grade. Something's going on with that run grade. Run defensive grade. 
What is it? What's going on? And I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that, you know, you're looking at the defensive line around him. Is he getting enough help? I'm sure, you know, I think his play is, you know, obviously a little bit down here this year too. Not as dominant. I think we were all kind of hoping to see Kenny Clark this year. And I'm not saying the guy's like, you know, a horrible player or just having a god-awful season or anything like that. But we had some high expectations for him. Kind of looking for maybe a little bit more versatility. And it could be coaching. It could be scheming. It could be game planning and such. But when you look at this, this especially like the run defense, you'd like to maybe see Kenny Clark be a little bit more active in that, a little bit more down in that. That's why, you know, I look at a guy like Derrick Henry coming to town. I don't really care if Kenny Clark gets a couple of sacks. I want him to clog up the lanes and and stuff Derrick Henry this week. Clog up the, those holes. Take down King Henry. That, I want that to be the focus for, for Kenny Clark this week. Where he can't, Kenny, where, where Derrick Henry can't run up that middle because Kenny Clark's right there waiting for him. This is a big week. I'm already kind of getting to it for, for Thursday here, but for me, one of the keys to victory, one of the key matchups, Kenny Clark. This has got to be a game for him. It's got to be a game for Big 97. Got to go out there and dominate a line of scrimmage, especially the interior. The interior line of scrimmage. Um... Since we're talking about the line, Yash. Yash Nyman, is he the most underrated player on this team right now? Or one of the most underrated players on this Packers team right now? I think you can make the case. It's interesting that, you know, when you look at these these grades, again, I think pro football focus is interesting to see how some people rate them kind of grade them. I actually, a few years ago, almost got a job with them, but then it was like, okay, I can't do it. It's a lot of time commitment to watch this, you know, watching that film and doing that and their grading scales. I used to have this thick book, this grading book and all that. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't got time for this. <laughs> but you look at it, it's like their number one offensive player was Sammy Watkins, 85.1. He only ran nine routes, caught three of his Caught three passes on three targets for 47. So, okay, Sammy Watkins, highest rated. Second was Aaron Jones. Then it was Aaron Rodgers. Then it was John Runyon Jr., who has been pretty dang good at uh, at pass protection. And then David Bakhtiari at number five. But with, with Yash, when you look at like his pro football focus grades, they're not the highest ones out there by any means. But you look at like the next gen stats, and you're looking at he's number one as of last week. He was number one in highest pass block win rate at tackle, and sixth highest in run block win rate. Yash over there at right tackle. This was a guy that you know started off season playing some left tackle. That David Bakhtiari got going. He's like, okay, he's, he's the backup left tackle, maybe a little bit of a swing tackle. 
you know, we're kind of thinking, okay, he's a backup. You know, if we rewind it to the to the beginning of the year, nice to have him there. He's played a lot of snaps and he's played some good ball and and that sort of thing. But we thought Elton Jenkins was going to be the future of right tackle. He comes back, mixed bag of results, not working out like we thought it was going to. You put him over to left guard. Let's put Yash over there. Although there was some trepidation from you listen to some of the coaching staff, like Adam Stanovich. It's like, well, you know, fundamentals wise, he's better at left tackle. Doesn't got a whole lot of time at right tackle, even though he played a little bit there with uh, Virginia Tech. But you look at those numbers, you look at the next gen stats. It's like, dang. And you don't hear his name called too often, right? That's probably a good thing. So, I mean, it sure seems like Green Bay's got their got a got a starter, a future starter, long-term starter with Yash. Yash is making some money right now, I think. You know, let me uh let me bring up his situation here, contract situation here. He is oh, what the heck is that website? I don't want that website. That good good gravy there, man. Uh okay. Let's uh, bring up Yash here because there's so much uncertainty surrounding this Packers offensive line for the future, you know, with David Bakhtiari and, and all. Yeah, Yash is an unrestricted free agent. Okay. I mean, Elton Jenkins is a free agent too. At this point in time, I don't want to get too far ahead. But do you think about prioritizing a guy like Yash over a guy like Elton? You got Zach Tom, who I think they're very high on, and and he's played some good ball too. You got a couple of youngsters there that can be your tackle guys of the future. Tom can go play a little interior. Myers is a solid center. That's one thing, you know, maybe we haven't kind of broke down enough. But Green Bay's, I don't know, ever since like the Aaron Rodgers era, been able to find some centers. And I know there was a time where it seemed like, you know, they were switching centers every year, every couple of years, and it was kind of frustrating here and there. But you know what? Wins the Super Bowl, Scott Wells, solid center. Evan Dietrich Smith is with the Bears now. They had Jeff Saturday for a hot minute. Corey Lindsley, fifth round pick. Myers comes in. Ohio State again. One of the better pass blocking centers according to next gen stats out there. But I think Yash is quietly having a pretty damn solid, impressive year. And would you say when you look at the 2023 class of unrestricted free agents for, for Green Bay, you're like, hmm, you pri- how high do you prioritize this guy? I think fairly high now. Pretty darn high. Dude is balling. He's getting it done over there at right tackle. You got to give the, I mean, especially going up against like Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and such. Demarcus got a sack. Micah Parsons, pretty quiet. Pretty quiet this past weekend. I like this kid, Yash, a lot. And I think he has grown these last couple of years and just developed into a, a, a really solid player. And then Randall Cobb. I know we kind of talked a little bit about him. We got to take a break here really quick. But Randall Cobb, 
I was reading that article from uh, from a few days ago, maybe about a week or so ago, where they said the biggest surprise in terms of like grading wise and who's actually having a good year that nobody's talking about is Randall Cobb, who's seventy nine point nine. If you look at Pro Football Focus, but you look at the numbers, like eighteen catches, twenty four targets, two hundred some yards, two hundred fifty some yards, no tuds. Yet, been pretty darn solid. And I think before he got hurt, maybe we were tr- we were starting to get. A feel of what his role is going to be. That third down safety net for Aaron Rodgers. That guy that you he knows he can trust. If it's third and five, third and four, third and six, whatever it may be. He knows where 18 is going to be. He trusts 18. You get the ball to 18 on third down. And I think that's where we've seen Randall Cobb kind of shine so far this year. And there's a chance Randall Cobb, he can be activated this week if he's ready to go and uh, go up against the Tennessee Titans. Randall Cobb kind of quietly. Statistics may not show it. Stats may not show it. But maybe doing the little things and quietly having a decent season. But I just kind of wanted to bring up those three players because I was looking at some stuff last night and you know, it kind of started off with Kenny Clark. I'm like, man, we haven't really heard a whole lot about him. Okay, top 10 pass rush win rate for, for a lineman. Those pro football focus grades down. Poor run defense is down. What's, what is it? Is it him? Is it the help around him? And it kind of led me down to this. Yash, I've seen these numbers for Yash. I'm like, dang, top 10 for passing and run block? Number one in pass? Why are we not talking about this guy enough? Dude's balling on the edge. And then Randall Cobb pops up. I was like, what the heck? Your tailgating headquarters is at High V in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking, those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about High V not having what you need because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's High V in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. At Toyson Ford, they're proud to serve the drivers of Chippewa Falls with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the Eau Claire, Bloomer, and Elk Mound region the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts center in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealer dealership for all of your automotive needs. Check them out today at toysandford.net. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating, too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.